Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? It is 1 o'clock on another day of training camp here on the campus of St. Vincent College. You know what that means. It's time for the Steelers Blitz here on SNR. I'm Wesley Euler. Beside me, the best co-host in the business, Arthur Motes. This is the Steelers Blitz, where we've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest. Hey, yeah, knuckleheads. What you should know by now is that we are back to our in-season programming, our live schedule. Yes, uh, unless you're listening to this back in podcast form or on the loop later tonight. We are live. If it is uh, Sunday, July 30th at 1.01 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, wherever you are located, you know where to get at us if you want to get involved with the show. We'll take your questions, your comments, your concerns, your reactions on the platform formerly known as Twitter, at Wesley Euler at TheBody52. TheBody. And Arthur Motes is here in person in the flesh Hello. at Chuck Knoll Field in Hello. this gorgeous press box we got here. Motesy, how are we doing on this Sunday, partner? Man, it is a beautiful day. When you talk about the crowd being in full attendance, when you talk about the security presence being fully represented today, I mean, the green grass is just perfectly cut. I mean, if I I didn't know any better, I would think you were out here this morning cutting these fresh lines of grass out here. Man, it's a beautiful day, man. This is what you come to Latrobe for. This is where you want to be if you are in the city of Pennsylvania, or in the state of Pennsylvania. Excuse me on that one. You definitely want to be in this area, man. This is the place to be, man. Hottest ticket in town. Motsi, uh, normally when you and I, you know, when, when we're in these settings, whether it's minicamp, OTAs, uh, you know, combine draft coverage, training camp, we are a little more buttoned up. We're still not a three-piece suit or anything like that, but we're a little more buttoned up than we are in our normal goofy day-to-day routine. But if you'll just oblige me for a quick second here, uh, today is Sunday, right? Uh, you know my favorite band of all time is... Talk about the Grateful Dead? The Grateful Dead. Uh, the Grateful Dead had a thing, you know, when they were on tour in their heydays in the 60s and 70s and 80s. This is before John Mayer was playing right. in the band. Right, yeah, yep. this is uh-huh. when John Mayer was still like a teenager. Yep, yep. Um, this, uh, they had a thing, it was like an inside joke type thing where they would always say, never miss a Sunday show. Ooh. Like Sunday shows would always, something crazy would never happen. Miss something a you, Sunday something show, you wouldn't baby. expect would happen. So never miss a Sunday show Respect. is kind of like Respect. some jargon amongst the deadhead community, right? Respect. Well, and I, I am a part of the community now. You've, I just want to throw it out there. I'm a shakedowner. I've been you, on Shakedown Street. You came to Shakedown Street with me this summer. So you are, you are part of the cult. Welcome. Uh, don't forget to pay your dues at the end of the month here. Hey, absolutely, man. Uh, uh, never miss a Sunday show, folks. We're going to try and keep it uh, similar, have some surprises, have some good laughs, maybe some things you don't expect here on today's show as this show is, you know, it's a Sunday. You sit on the couch. You pour yourself some lemonade or some iced tea or since we're in Latrobe and Honor Palmer. Oh, I see what you did both. there. You know, you got that snuggly blanket that you like to lay with. That's what a Sunday show is supposed to feel like, like an oversized T-shirt. You like a hot I mean? toddy? Is that that's, what you're telling me you feel like? That's exactly what a Sunday yeah. show should feel like, as it's a, uh, it's a hot toddy out here on the fields of uh, St. Vincent College. As the crowd is moving, Autograph Hill is now open, so the moving and shaking. Oh, yes. You see the fans percolating over there. Uh, you along love the fence to there see it. To get their, uh, you know, their favorite, their best, their preferred autograph spot. 
Uh, it's an exciting day. We get, listen, every day here on campus is exciting. The place comes to life really around noon and 1 o'clock uh, in anticipation of that 155 practice, but particularly on the weekend days, of course, the Saturdays and Sundays. Because we ain't got to work. We ain't got to work. We, we ain't got no, kids, you know what I'm saying? We just get family. to pull up, man. Yeah. Absolutely. We ain't got no curfew. We ain't got to worry about waking up early the next day. Like, nah. We vibed out we today. Vibed out today. Today's a day. Well, Arthur Modes, we're extra vibed out today because the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, late last night, according to like every credible report, but official by the team this morning, signing Quan Alexander, linebacker, was a free agent most recently with the New York Jets to a one-year contract. Arthur Motes, a lot of our listeners might, rem- might remember that name, uh, I think for two reasons. One, because he played a really good game against the Steelers last year yeah. uh, at Acrisure Stadium in that Jets victory. And number two, because back in March and April, when free agency is really more at a fever pitch, right, Quan mm-hmm. uh, Alexander was a name that was mentioned around the Steelers. May he came times. out here. Yep. He was out here in May yep. on a visit, Came out man. for a visit. So, Quan uh, Alexander, it's now officially official. Uh, signed to a one-year contract by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Before we get into any specifics or anything like that, Motsi, your thoughts on the move, on the addition? I love the move. This is the move that was supposed to be made two months ago. I mean, this is the move that when we looked at the roster, Cole Holcomb and Landon Roberts and Mark Robinson, and me and you had a convo, and we talked about where do the Steelers still have weaknesses, where do the Steelers still have areas where they can improve, it was inside linebacker. And it wasn't because we didn't feel like we had capable guys because we felt like we had that. We talked about that two days ago, right, when me and you were up here we were talking about the slot cornerback position versus the inside linebacker position as the two areas where if we're saying this team has weaknesses defensively, where would we circle those and highlight those? And we would say those two areas, but specifically the coverage linebacker, the run and hit guy. We didn't have that. Cole Holcomb is a 100-plus tackle guy. Landon Roberts a 100-plus tackle guy. Mark Robinson has the potential to do those same things. But their game at this stage is still different. They're more power, downhill, playing forward Physical type guys. guys. Yeah. When you cut the tape on with Quan Alexander, he can give you the physicality. He gives you tackle for loss. He can blitz and rush the quarterback. But what he also provides that the others don't, is the ranginess to be a sideline, sideline player. Mm. The ranginess to be able to carry a guy vertical up the seam. We've heard some of the reports these first couple of days about our linebackers being matched up on wide receivers and what that's looked like at times. That's a byproduct of our defense. So schematically, that's not going to go away. So the answer to that question of how do you (laughs) minimize that is you have to find somebody that can (laughs) run. And Quan Alexander – has been that guy. Now, the big knock with Quan is his availability because of his frame. He plays with such power and physicality that he beats himself up. And that's, you know, why he's available for the price tag he's available. When he's been healthy, this is a $14 million linebacker. Mm-hmm. When he's not healthy, you see why we're able to get him at the price tag we're able to get him at, which is probably, you know, a couple mil. But it's nowhere near the tag that his talent says sure. he's worth. Sure, sure. But that's just a byproduct of the NFL. But to me, I love this signing, though, because, number one, you're getting a piece that you did not have, something that is different than the others. A Landon Roberts, Cole Holcomb, they're similar. Mark Robinson, they're kind of similar. Quan is going to be very different because of the speed that he's going to be able to play with. And realistically, this is another person that we're trying to see if he can 
ultimately fill the role that was left void from my dog, my dog Shay's ear, you know, time. how many years ago? Yep. We still haven't been able to successfully replace his production, replace his athleticism and things like that. And it's a true testament to him. But at the same time, I do feel like Quan is going to be able to at least alleviate some of that, yeah. you know, hole that we've been experiencing because he is not just a cover guy, but he is a true linebacker which is different than some of the guys that we've put in that position that were former safeties playing linebacker. Maybe the square, mentality square is peg, different. round hole type thing. Yeah, it's just a difference in mentality. Yes, you can take on blocks. Yes, you could be physical, but you're a safety. So your mentality is coverage first. When you're a linebacker, your mentality is punch you in the mouth first. Mm-hmm. And it's just a difference in terms of how you operate, man. But Quan, to me, I think he's going to check all those boxes as long as he can stay healthy. And to piggyback off of that, Motsi, good uh, recent returns in that regard as he uh, played in all 17 games last season for for the New York Jets. So you're right. I mean, it's a guy who, you know, came out flying in his career in 2015 with the Bucks. started all 46 games uh, that he played in there in those seasons. But because of some of those injury concerns, uh, they allowed him to move on. Uh, you know, with the Saints and the Niners, same things. When he was healthy, man, he was flashing and he was productive, but just never getting that that ring, you know, and I don't mean like a Super Bowl ring. I mean like someone wanting to marry him and lock him down to a long-term contract. Uh, if he is able to, to play in all 17 games, stay healthy throughout the course of the season, uh, like he did last year with the Jets, I think that's when you really start to love not only the bargain, but just the complementary skill set, as you've mentioned, that he that he adds with Cole Holcomb, with Alandon Roberts, whether it's guys like uh, Tanner Muse and Mark Robinson and Nick Kwiatkowski as well, too. There's a nice plethora of, uh, of different talent amongst those six guys there now. And five of the six, Mark Robinson, the only returning one from last season. A lot of new faces, a lot of new opportunities, a lot of uh, two dogs, one bone type, uh, type I think, battles to, to play out here in the coming days, in the coming weeks. And... The biggest thing for me, too, Motsi, that, that immediately jumps off the page. Um, oh, one more thing, too. I, I really like as well with those six guys how they have, like, the whole gambit of different career types and points. And, you know, you've got Mark Robinson who's just coming off his rookie year and is really trying to take the step forward and establish himself. You've got guys uh, like Tanner Muse and Cole Holcomb who are kind of, you know, they have a handful of years in the league. They're not old. They're not young anymore. They're kind of just starting to enter that veteran stage. Uh, then you've got Quan Alexander, who's got eight years in the book. You know, Nick Kwiatkowski, who's got that same type Nick Quick. Of, of experience. I really like the different kind of age groups and, and, and periods in their career that they have in that room as well, too. But with Quan Alexander, Motsi, um, the numbers that I really like to see, because you and I, we talked about this throughout last season. We talked about it leading up to the draft, and we talked about off-ball linebackers. We talked about it in free agency when we talked about off-ball linebackers. That term, that thing that we discussed, of course, is splash, right, from those guys. Who doesn't love a little splash? Splash. Who don't love a little splash, splash, splash? From the middle of the defense, right? Uh, Sacks, interceptions, PBUs, forced fumbles, fumble recoveries, TFLs, all that stuff, right? You get a good amount of that from your edge guys and T.J. Wadden and Alex Highsmith. You get a lot of that from guys like Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, and, and we're thinking Patrick Peterson this Pat year P. as well, too. Cam Hayward and some of those guys. I'm about to say, don't, don't forget about him. Don't forget about of him course, now. Of course. Don't forget course. about my dog holding down for the 30 and ups. Of course. Um, 
But the one position last year that didn't really offer that tangible splash mm. was those linebackers. Well, I think, right, well, the, the stat well. line that we repeated at nauseum last year, mm -hmm. and you can but it was one sack, yep. no interceptions, Zip zero. no forced fumbles. Zip zero. And, like, I'm trying to remember. The TFL number was it not was great very, either. It was minuscule, yeah. It was not great either. They just didn't have a lot of splash in that room specifically. Um, and the problem is when you talk about that position – that is one where typically splash is generated because you're the center of the defense. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be involved in both running game and passing game. You're in game. the middle of the action right. on pretty so, much every play. Yeah. So just by law of averages, you should be getting an occasional fumble recovery here, an occasional pick off of a tip or pass or something. even a PBU something. or something. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> but that was one of the things that last year we weren't able to successfully experience. And that was part of the reason why we revamped this team the way that we did in terms of the defense. But I do feel like the guys that we've brought in have shown a prerequisite for being able to create splash. Yeah. You know, and that's the positive part of it. But with Quan, he specifically throughout his career has Ooh. thrived at being able to generate splash, generate turnovers. And that's something that you want. Yes, it is true that you can't necessarily plan for turnovers, but you can put yourself in the best position to create turnovers. And with Quan, he is one of those guys that has been able to do that, not just in coverage zone-wise, also man coverage, but more importantly, he can generate that behind the line of scrimmage. And that's the thing that we really didn't have a lot of last year. We didn't have a ton of attacking the line of scrimmage and making plays. Our plays were made usually on our side of the field versus it being behind the line of scrimmage. And that's something that I feel like with this new revamp bunch, we are going to see mm -hmm. more of that being attacked at the line or on their side of the ball because we're a little bit more aggressive with this group compared to last year's group where it was just still a little bit more on the finesse side than the I'm a physicality type of mindset first player. I feel like with the guys we have right now, they're physical first, finesse second. And I think that's something that we're all going to really appreciate this year. Completely agree. Well said. And it's it's an encouraging blend. It's an encouraging balance if they can strike it. And you're right. I mean, that that group there, if they can really get their hands into that pile, look out. Because, I mean, Motsi, quietly, like this is, you know, we talk about it all the time when, what, for four straight years or whatever it was, the Steelers led the NFL in sacks, right? Yeah, we're Blitzburg. Yeah, we nobody gets that. Nobody gets that. Nobody yeah. gets that. Last year, the Steelers led the league, tied for the league lead with 20 mm -hmm. interceptions with the Niners. They were the, the, the two top teams in the league, the yeah. Steelers and the Niners, with 20 interceptions apiece. We haven't we haven't harped on that. We haven't harkened that. We haven't trumped that. Because don't nobody care much. about interceptions. Yes, we don't care about that. Just go get the this quarterback. Rub some dirt on yeah. him, baby. We do not care about all that interception stuff. We want you to knock him in the mouth. But ba -ba -ba. When, you, when you have got – a, a defensive front that has always been able to get after the quarterback. Yeah. A back end now that led the league in interceptions last season and adds Patrick Peterson, who had five of them things, to the fold. Added Demonte Casey, who we also know brings even more Great production. Great a call. healthy version. Yep. A full season version, potentially. A guy who led the uh, entire NFC in interceptions just a few years ago. No, no, not just the NFC. The entire NFL. league? NFL. Okay. Yeah, yeah, entire Seven NFL. Seven of those, yes. right, a couple seasons yes. ago. Um, now – you add to that Quan Alexander, who in 86 starts in his career has 12 and a half sacks, eight interceptions, 11 forced fumbles, and five fumble recoveries. Like, do you understand how many interceptions that is, man? That's a lot of interceptions for, for an inside linebacker, I mean, bro. 
almost so every ten and a half that starts basically of, of his career, bro. every ten and a half starts, he's got his interception as a linebacker. I'm telling you, that is a lot of interceptions, bro. Every holy smokes, every man. eight and a half games, he's forcing a fumble. Yeah. I mean, you know, every what five or six games, he's getting a sack. I mean, that's. That's production, though, man. That's, that's what you want. That's splash, not to mention the handful of fumble recoveries there as well, too. And Motsi, again, we've talked about this, uh, you know, this being an elite defense, this being one of the best one, two, three units in the entire National Football League. You start to get some of that splash from the middle of the field, from the middle of your defense, that's when you elevate yourself in into that just absolutely bona fide elite status in the NFL as a defense. No, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I do feel like Omar has done an awesome job in terms of getting the personnel for this, man, he was able to identify one of the weaknesses that we've had, right? When we're talking about our defense specifically, something that we struggle with is generating turnovers or splash production from that position group right there. And I think the way that this offseason has went, you can see that the moves reflect that not being good enough, that not being what the new standard is going to be for us at that position. We're not going to come down from what we expect. So we're going to get the personnel that can ultimately give you those things. And if not, then we'll be in the same thing a year from now, having the same conversation based on the contract. <laughs> Groundhog, yeah. Groundhog Day once right. again. Because yeah. we're going to say, all right, well, look, man, they didn't spend a ton of money. It's not a lot of uh, long-term deals with these guys, if you noticed. So the next move would be, okay, we're going to reset it and do it again. But hopefully this bunch right here can do everything that we expect them and anticipate them being capable of doing. Completely with you. And uh, like I said, if, if that I mean, dude, that's that a lot of that's a lot of production between those three linebackers we just named: Quan, Cole Holcomb, and Landon Roberts. Yes, it is it, the, the complete opposite of what they had there last year. Like that's something that we have not experienced these since, past couple of seasons since Shazier. Since Shazier, yeah. But right now we have three more than capable guys on this roster to do that, and that does not include Mark Robinson, who we feel is is capable, just as capable as the other guys. He's just the youngest of the group, the most inexperienced of the group. But you He's talk still about wet behind yeah, the ears. yeah. But when you talk about the optimism surrounding that bunch right now, it should be extremely high. There's there's six guys battling out for those spots, Motsi, That you know, if the Steelers were playing a game this afternoon, I don't think you would panic if one of those six guys had to play absolutely play not. a role. Absolutely um, not. Because again, they've all got the either five of the six of them have the experience and some and some really good tangible years under their belts. And Mark Robinson has the youth, has the excitement, has the let's see him improve and get better factor entering his sophomore season. It's an exciting listen. We love any excuse to talk linebackers. Not any only excuse. not only here on the show where you know Arthur Motes was one for a decade in the National Football League. Not only for someone like me who grew up, you know, as a Steelers fan, where that's the position that you worship and idolize, and you're just cranking out all pros and Hall of Famers seemingly every single year, but as a fan base as well, too, is uh, I think I've said this before on SNR, Arthur Motes, I'll say it again. There's not an organization in all of sports. I'm talking in America. I'm talking, Talk in, I'm talking in Europe. I'm talking Talk in Asia. I'm talking in South America, North America. All across the world, India, Africa, wherever else they play sports in this world, there's not an organization, a franchise, a club, a team that is as synonymous with defense as the Pittsburgh Steelers are. And uh, an exciting buzz around this year's defense already, particularly now with the addition of Quan Alexander. Late last night, made official early this morning to a one-year contract. 
In Does he show up to practice court. today? So it's funny. I said that in the high noon camp report. I, today would be pretty quick, but Tuesday for sure, right? De- he's definitely here Tuesday. He's practicing 100%. full pads on Tuesday. No acclimation period. But Because think about it. If they didn't get this deal agreed to until last night, like he probably wouldn't have been able to jump on a plane last night. I mean, I don't he know, He might be man. flying out today. We're going to find out soon enough. Listen, I'll tell you what. If he's out there today. If he's a, he a bad man if he's out there today. D-A-W-G. He is a bad man if he's out there today. Does he rock the single digit? I hope so. Well, he had nine last year. Obviously, that's a little issue here. That is a little issue here. Chris Boswell might yeah. have a thing or two to say about that. Mozi, the uh, lowest number on the defense right now is 20, Patrick Peterson. That is the lowest so he wear eight. number. On who is, who, who, oh, who's number yeah. eight right now? Wait, what about – never mind. Oh, hey, can't wear eight. That's the guy. KP. Can't wear, can't wear seven. Patrick Peterson uh, already tried that. Wear, what about six? Six? Is six available? It is. Six on a bad linebacker six, number. Six, 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 six guys, six guys. Do it for Drizzy. One time for Drake. He could also wear not. Oh no, Larry Ogunjobi's ninety nine. He could not wear ninety nine. Can't do ninety nine. <laughs> plus, plus a double digit like nineties in that. Nah, he don't need that man. He he's a single digit guy. For Quan, he's a single digit guy, man. Yeah, Quan screams. And you know what's digit. funny is seven would look real nice on a linebacker, it but would we look it's, so it's, hard, it's, it, bro. That, that ain't happening. Well, we all we all that, we all know why that ain't happening. Zero that, chance that happens that here. Ain't ha- Patrick Peterson kicked those tires a little bit. Hey. And he uh, he felt the flames very sl- not nothing crazy, but yeah, all right, <laughs> Cra- crazy enough for him to realize all right, y'all not y'all not playing, huh? Yeah, <laughs> and it, it is the first ballot guy we talking about. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Cam Jordan. Okay. We're going to get to our first break here of the Steelers Blitz. We're about a half an hour away from practice number one. Our buddy Charlie Batch going to join us practice in the next. Practice number one? Sorry. Don't sorry, you reset sorry. the clock like that, man. Wait a minute I'm looking now. at one o'clock on the clock. I have to advocate yet. for my guys Thank you. out See, here. That's why I need I you here with say, me. Yeah, if, we, if, if the first couple practices didn't count, man, what are we doing? <laughs> Like, hold on. Allow me, hold to, pull up, hold allow me on. to pull up the CBA okay. for you here, hold, Young West. Hold like, on. All right. speak on behalf of my players. Hey, easy there, You're big fella. You're only allowed so many of these practices, okay. and we have had three I in the books count. already. Okay, I know how much time they've been on this field. You said 30 minutes short. I don't agree. They've been out here the full two hours, plus some. In the 1 o'clock hour, before it concludes, there will be practice number four. Again, the fourth and final practice in helmets and in shells for your Pittsburgh Steelers before they get the day off tomorrow and, uh, and come back on Tuesday full tilt, full speed, full throttle with pads and all that good stuff on. We'll keep you updated on everything moving and shaking here uh, as we get closer and closer to practice. We'll catch up with our buddy Charlie Batch here in just a few minutes as well, too. Live from the campus of St. Vincent College, it's our ongoing coverage of Steelers Training Camp 2023 right here on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Another gorgeous day here on campus, St. Vincent College, beautiful, sunny, Lake Trobe, Pennsylvania. I tell you what, Motesy, other than about 45 minutes of camp so far, it's been beautiful, sunny, Lake Trobe, Pennsylvania out here. I mean, it really like this press box view that we have is pretty sweet. I mean, you look to your right, you got the mountains and the hillsides. Well, just rub it in for everybody that doesn't line. have air conditioned. Then, wow. Yeah, I hope all Mr. of our Mr. VIP. I hope all of our reporter buddies are listening right Jeez. now as they stand down there on the sidelines, sweating it out. Uh, you've got campus and a monastery across mm-hmm. from. A- Monastery, you see me. I see you, yay. Fancy words. I see you. The Saint Vincent shrubbery across uh-huh. the way. Three perfectly immaculate, uh, manicured football oh, I see fields what you in did. front of They're us. They're also Mr. Immaculate. And then to the left, 
<laughs> a hill covered with fans, a baseball field in the background, dorm rooms in the background. It's very scenic, folks. We repeat that a lot, but we repeat it because it's true. Uh, it's one of the most unique training camp settings in all of sports, certainly in the National Football League. And, uh, and we enjoy getting out here every single day, as so many of you in Steeler Nation do, rolling in here today. I would say so far, because we are still a half an hour away from practice, to be fair. fair uh, about 60,000 here. Big crowd again today. Except about 60. Uh, but not quite to the same size as yesterday. It's about 55. About 55, you said? About 55,000. Yeah, about 50K maybe. About 55. You know? About 55. Um, bleachers, there's still a few. Like at this point yesterday, the bleachers were, were jam-packed. There's still a little room on the bleachers. Uh, well, that's because they, they lined up under the tree today. That is true, which is which is smart, which is a veteran-savvy move. There's, I, I hope you all got some sunscreen out there as, as well. You there's know? about a dozen uh, big trees over to the left side of the field, and a mm-hmm. lot of people, rightfully so, kind of set up camp underneath those trees with their if chairs you know, and, their, you know, and their blankets because then you're in the shade for pretty much the entire practice. That is – that is a nice veteran savvy move. If you you know, other than up here in the air conditioned press box, probably the best place to be right now, here on the campus of St. Vincent College. There's food trucks set up outside. There's the whole Steelers experience area for kids to go play and do some different things. There's a huge tent set up with uh, merchandise, jerseys, Man, T-shirts. They got the young guys still shorts. getting it in on the practice field over there. They're putting, Ooh, those, kids, they're putting those kids through work they put, That's there. a whole practice they done had today. Tell you what, I wonder, I, I wonder if Charlie Batch is over there as part of that because like, he's putting those, kids, putting those kids through it. I mean, they thought it was tough when it was you and Terrence Garvin and Craig Wolfley out there. Oh, no, no, no. You know, yeah, yeah, we're giving that work work now. Come yeah, on, I baby. I tell you what, they're getting, they're getting longer practice. So you say you want to play football, huh? All right, here's what it's like, kids. All right. Come out here in the sun and work for the uh-huh. next for the next three hours. And when you're thinking about passing out, we're gonna say don't do it just yet. We still got time to work. Pass out after we're done. That's, That's right. how we do it. That is absolutely. But the work gonna get done. That is absolutely how we do it. Mozi, I uh, mentioned in the high noon camp report that I was your favorite. That you were my favorite yes. co-host in the world. Yes, certainly. Um, but also that yesterday wasn't the greatest showing for the offense. All right. Wasn't a disaster, wasn't a reason to panic, nothing like that. But after what I thought was a good day by the offense on Friday, the defense had some more success yesterday, and that a lot of times is how the ebbs and flows go out here at training camp, right? Um, just could never really find their footing, could never really find their rhythm. Some miscommunications, some errant throws, some bobbled passes, that type of thing. So, listen, I know you did a decade in the NFL. I know you had good days of training camp. I know you had days where you were walking off that field like, man, I really didn't do my best today. Nah, I don't know what you're talking about, actually, bro. You're, you were you were 4.0 GPA. Yeah, I don't know the, what you're talking about, bro. Way. I don't know what you said. Walk don't off you that field, talking about that left never, side out there. No, I never, I never had a bad practice in my bad life. Bad practice? What? No, not what? Man, you know, wife and kids come to the man. Come on, bro. Bad practice. What, what that look like? Never heard of that. What that mean? But <laughs> what's what uh so what I mean what is that when when you don't have your greatest no, day one day it, but now the, the good news is right at least it's on a day off you got let's, an opportunity to go back out here and let's, and let's get into get it, it right? right as a coach as a player you need that if every single day went perfect if every single practice you won every single rep what would you know about yourself would you ever have to improve upon a counter. Would you ever have to feel like you have to improve upon a shortcoming in your game if every single time your best move worked? That's practice. When both sides of the ball are good like how we are, you're going to have days where one side is going to have the other side's number. The timing is going to be right. 
the communication is a little bit crisper. Ball might just bounce your way a couple it's times. It's a game of inches, literally, yep. right? I mean, a tip pass, falling harmlessly to the ground is a dub for the offense. A tip pass, get interceptions, is a great day for the defense. Both of them are predicated off of what? A tip pass and some luck. Literally, that's how it is. And the reason why you appreciate those type of time or those type of moments in practice is because these are teaching moments. These are sure. coaching moments. And you want to have as many coaching moments as possible in training camp. Because it's the time to do it, right? It's not a win and loss at stake right now. Kenny can come out here and throw seven picks today. It'd be a great day because we can coach all seven of them up with zero consequences on his record and on this team's record. If this is happening a month from now, it's a terrible time. If they can't get their time and right two months from now, oh, now we You're got big issues. Games. <laughs> But this is the time where you want to coach through that stuff. This is the time where you're like, okay, y'all not clicking. Good. What are our go-to plays when things are not going well for us? What are our go-to plays when we can't just say we're going to throw the ball up, field to George Pickens, and he's going to catch it and flip the field? Or we're just going to throw it up and we're going to get a P.I. and we're going to flip the field that way. What happens when that isn't available to you? Hmm. What happens when you got to play left-handed? Can you do it? When you got to operate through your tight ends exclusively or when you got to go through the running game exclusively, can you do it? And then the flip side, defensively, when you got to team this down, can you finish them? It's one thing to have momentum in a game. It's one thing to, you know, have some moments. But when you got a team on the ropes, can you get them up out of there? And that's some of the stuff that we've seen on both sides of the ball, right? Yeah, yeah, We've seen absolutely. some days where the defense chokes them out. It's like, all right, defense got them today. They got them. But we've also seen some times where it's like, yo, the offense – they punch him. We didn't see Allen Robinson take off. You're like, all right, they're not afraid of that. They're not afraid to punch mm -hmm. back. But you need both sides because that's the whole notion of the iron sharpening iron. That concept is not just wordplay. The execution of that is guys coming out here each and every day we get better. Competition. I'm pushing you to your limit. You're pushing me to my limit. I'm the best at what I do. You're the best at what you do. We're talking about the 1%, right? That's the reason we're out here, right? Yeah. yeah. All my life, I've been the nicest linebacker I've ever seen. All your life, you've been the nicest running back you've ever seen. All my life, I've been the nicest cornerback I've ever seen. All your life, you've been the bestest wide receiver you've ever seen. And now we out here talking about who's the nicer of the two. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be some times where I'm getting off on you, and I'm feeling great about it. But it's also going to be some times where you're getting after me, and I'm just like, man, you like that. Yeah. But that is the NFL. And like I said, man, the more opportunities you can have where it's competitive back and forth, you don't want it lopsided. If it's the same side of the ball each and every day dominating it, that's Then you might problem. be in trouble. You know, <laughs> if it's the same person right, every single time. Was the offense really good or you know the defense I mean? like, just stink? Because, <laughs> man, we had that combo when it was like, all right, is this receiver that great or our corners questionable? Is this running back that nice or our linebackers just not competent? Is our D-line that great, or is our O-line really in concern? We've had all those conversations We've had the conversations. <laughs> not the case this school around. And that's a great feeling that it's not the it case. Is. It absolutely is. But that is training camp. That is the, the mark of a championship-caliber team. And I speak from experience. Just when I think of where we were able to go, the, the heights that we were able to ascend to, mm -hmm. it's like, man, it started somewhere. And where did it start? These battles right here. Absolutely. These battles where you're like, man, I can't remember a ton of times where we just whooped the offense every single day. But I also don't remember a ton of times where the offense whooped us every single day. 
invest, you know, when you That's talk about being able to yeah. create that type of team, yeah. this is how it happens, man. These are the way those moments are created. And like I said, man, I just think this is a great time for all of these guys right now to be experiencing the positives and the negatives associated with being an NFL player right now. Like you said, get it out of the way now, have it happen now before it really starts to matter here, before uh, before too much longer, without a doubt. we got to get to another break here because Charlie Batch is on his way. We want to have our full uh, allotted time with Chuck when we get back on the other side. We'll talk a little offense, a little bounce back, a little Kenny Pickett, all these things with Charlie Batch when we return here. So we continue to get you ready for practice. It's our ongoing training camp coverage live from St. Vincent College on Steelers Nation Radio. <laughs> This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Anticipation building for practice number four here on the campus of St. Vincent College, the fourth and final in helmets and in shells before the guys get a day off and come back in full pads to start in August. Joining us now, he's part of the Steelers postgame show. He's a Fan favorite amongst the organization, to say the least, former quarterback Charlie Batch. Charlie, what's going on, man? Thanks Not, for uh, taking the time. Oh, I appreciate it. How's everything with you, fellas? Man, we play. are joined with the like, – this is the Charlie Batch. Of course, I'm great over here, man. And you look amazing. I mean, I mean, this I just, is James Madison's No, finest. no, 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 do? no. Don't do that, Come man. On, don't man. do that, man. They put Hall us of in Famer, here. James Madison Thank you. Hall of Famer. Thank time you. on, time on, time on. Ladies and gentlemen, you know how we've been talking about being in this press box and how amazing it is? The only reason we are in here, ladies and gentlemen, is because of the gentlemen that y'all hear up here. And no, I'm not talking about Wesley Euler. I'm talking about the one and only Charlie Batch. Baby, baby, baby. I appreciate you. You want to know what, most? I appreciate you. I really do. <laughs> and even though I'm, people may think I'm playing, I appreciate you, brother. <laughs> hey, but it's all good, man. Most, you set the bar, man. I love what you're doing. I love what you and Wes are doing. I'm them being for real, man. You all are bringing this coverage here in ways that not, not many people are, and you elevated your platform. So, man, I'm super proud of you. Thank you, Charlie. Well, we I know appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Absolutely do. So what's it like? You know, you, you're you not some of, you know, some of the Steelers legends, the alumni that we get to talk to here, they're only around the team once or twice a year. You know, you do the post game. You're at the facilities. I've seen you out here on campus a few times already, so I know you've been out here. But is are there still emotions that get stirred in you every time you come back out here to Latrobe? The only thing that disturbs me now is the fact that they're sleeping in that twin bed. That, <laughs> outside of that, there's nothing that's in my body that says, hey, I need to get back out there on that field. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I'm 11 seasons out right now. My knees, trust me, Let's when I go. wake up, they, they, they remind me every single day when I'm walking down that hill to watch practice. They're like, oh, you can't do it anymore, brother. <laughs> so, but it, it's cool, though. I mean, just kind of get around and, and seeing the guys, of course, you know, with this – it's always just, 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 just the stability that happens whenever you have Tomlin, you have Mr. Rooney. You know, they welcome the players back. They want you to be a part of it. I have the luxury of now, you know, being a part of that in a media capacity, but also sharing wisdom, talking to the quarterbacks, sharing other, you know, talking to other players and sharing some wisdom and things that we have done to build those championship teams that I was a part of, which all started up here. And you see a lot of teams right now, probably three-quarters of the team, the league right now, don't even go away for training mm-hmm. camp. So yep. when you see this, this is a luxury. And I love when you talk about and you listen to like a Patrick Peterson. He's like, man, I've been a fan. This is the first time I'm really going away for camp. I want to see what this is all about. And those first-year guys that are a part of this, they get a chance to see how passionate they are. Because when you see these Steelers fans lining up, I saw them as early as 8 o'clock this morning. Oh, yeah, that's true. parking lots didn't open up until 12. Dozens of them. They're already out here right now. And this is what elevates everybody's platform to the point of I have to produce – 
Because if these, this is the only look that these fans get of you up here, you better make a lasting impression out here. And that's why we appreciate the fans up here each and every, say, every no, day. No, 100%, man. Well said. You are definitely a fan favorite when you come out here as well, man. But that's the beauty of Steeler Nation, man. We love them about that. But one of the other guys that has been a fan favorite is Kenny Pickett, man. And we obviously know that this is a big year for him. But you've been able to see some of this stuff early on, man. How would you just, you know, talk about what you've seen from him just in the second year so far? Yeah, when I'm watching him, it looks like the game has slowed down for him. He's going through his reads, and that's exactly what you want to see. But it's hard, you know, in football and shorts because what does that pressure look like? You know, what's the next the stage of development when you hear those pads popping mm. around you when you're standing in that pocket because you don't get that sense from OTAs to the first three days of practice. <laughs> when you hear those pads popping a little further away, you're like, I have time. But when that pad and that pop happens a little sooner, you're like, I got to get rid of this football. And that's a reminder of letting them know, Hey, when we get to the preseason game, it counts. it counts. Those hits hurt. They're coming. Those hits hurt. You know, so you want to minimize that. But it's just one of those things to where you see the development. You see Kenny going through his reads, and I love what he's doing in the play-action game right now and trying to take advantage of some of those deep throws. Funny thing, I'm actually glad to hear you say that. I've always wondered, could y'all hear the pads popping around y'all like that, man? You, because at times, I'm like, yo, it looks like they're just in this perfect bubble, and they don't have a care <laughs> in the world. But it's actually cool to hear that y'all can't hear some of that action. You right? actually hear everything that happens in that pocket. I don't care how many people are in the stands. You can be in the loudest stadium wow. in, the, in the NFL. You hear the pads popping. And the one thing you do not want to hear, and this happens at times, you hear an offensive lineman say, watch out. Oh. That means he missed his block. Oh. And that means you better embrace and protect yourself because that is going to hurt. <laughs> Doesn't happen often, but it does. You hear all of that inside the pocket. <laughs> well, Charlie, staying with that then, you know, obviously when the pads do come on here, the trenches are going to be a big focal point. Yes. And staying on the offensive side of the football, you know, the revamp of that offensive line started a year ago with Mason Cole and James Daniels. Uh, now guys like Isaac Sayamalu, Broderick Dr Jones taking that even, you know, that, that kind of facelift, that makeover to, to a, another step this year. How big can you think that offensive line? You know, we talk a lot about Kenny Pickett's growth and the young weapons around him. But that offensive line, if they're able to take a big step forward this year, how important is that to the offense? Oh, that's going to be critical. And I think when you look at just the, what they're doing up front, they felt they had five guys last year. But if they, we didn't have to get tested for injury, and that, and that was great for us. But they needed to add the depth. You, so you talked about those guys that they brought in here. So they feel very comfortable where they are depth-wise. And it just shows me that they're, they're planning to play physical football. They're not getting away from what they do, and that's running the football. So now if you can get Najee on track, that opens up – that play-action game and hopefully get Fryer moved to now take advantage of the middle of the field, something that's lacked in his offense. So if they can add that and incorporate that within what they're doing offensively, you're going to see what they're trying to do. They're trying to control the ball, and ultimately you don't want to turn that football over because this defense, man, if you give them – any blaze of grass, they're going to go out there and do their job. Just don't give them a gimme by a turnover or scoring whenever that defense is not on the field. So I like kind of the blend, but the one thing here that I want to see when they have pads on, I want to see how the offensive line, how quickly they can develop right now because you do have some new faces up front. But also, can those back block the blitzing linebacker mm. backs on backers that okay. drill right there is Can't wait for Tuesday. Okay. because a lot of these running backs that you look back you say wow they look awesome and short just showing quickness and they're flashing 
Not when Vince Williams is coming down. Now <laughs> we need to see if you can stand in there and pick up the blockers. Yeah. You may have done it in college. Maybe you didn't even be asked to do it in college. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's a huge drill. Mike Tomlin always highlights that in team drills because he wants everybody to see all the competition that's going on, who's doing great things, who's not, and making sure that you're now pushing each other. And that's why that drill is highlighted more than any other drill throughout training camp. I mean, and it's an extremely tr- uh, tough drill on those offensive players, man, when you talk about having to stand up and block because you can't cut. Right. That's the other part of it, man, that really has a, a, a certain uh, competitive advantage for the defenders yeah, yeah. in that particular drill right there. And but, those things, but to that point, and those things happen because, yeah, it's fairness. This It's a favorable drill for the linebackers. That's fine. That's no different than going 7-on-7. Seven, seven oh, I'm with seven. you on that 100%. It's a great drill for quarterbacks. Yeah, I've seen many quarterbacks look great. <laughs> no pressure. There's nobody absolutely. in your face. You don't have Cam and TJ rushing at you <laughs> to put it up because you know on the backside, hey, I don't have to defend this uh-huh. long because I know the pressure's yep, happening. Yep. So these are things that all the ebb and flow of training camp, but even though it's a un- very unfair drill to the backs, you want to see how these guys yes. are stepping up and whether or not they can now put the big boy pants on and do something because yeah. now if that can transition here, it can do that into the games as well. Yeah. And now coaches are going to be comfortable putting anybody on the field. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you hit on something. When you talked about the ebb and flow, I did want to get your thoughts on this because before you came in here, we were talking about how offense has a good day, defense has a good day, back and forth, back and forth, and just the mentality of how you respond after having maybe a not-so-good practice. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on what was that approach like for you? If you had a day where you left something out there and you're like, you know what, that probably wasn't my best day, but now I get a chance to respond. How would you go through that process mentally and coming out here on this field to execute that? Yeah, and but at the time that I was playing, remember, it wasn't until my last year that the actual CBA was changed to only – one, one practice. practice a day. You were still where two before, a Before, if yeah. you had that mistake, in t- in you didn't have to wait yeah. another 24 hours to <laughs> get it now redeem o'clock. yourself. Come on now. I'm on the field at 855 the Come next day because I can now redeem myself with more reps and go out here and prove that I belong on this team. Sure. They don't have that right now. So you almost have to be as close to perfect every single practice. sense of urgency. Yeah. yeah you don't, so there's not many competition practices that you're going to have. So if you're looking to make that move, you have to do it right away. Number one, understanding your assignment, try not to do, have any missed, missed assignments as well. So I think these are things that are very critical when you get to this particular point, and that's why you see competition and what they've done throughout. And you have to credit Omar Khan because he made sure that he created competition at each position. Right now, you just look and say, okay, offensive line, quarterback, yeah, you bring Mason Rudolph back, but it's a veteran presence. You don't see many footballs on the ball on the ground. And that everybody's seeing that. And now when, what's the next development of it? The linebacker position, mm-hmm. that was a big question coming in. They didn't like what they saw in the first three practices. They went out and signed a veteran to say, you're coming in here right before we put pads on. Right before so we put pads on. no time. Sunday, <laughs> read through the tea all leaves on Monday, on you're coming in here Tuesday, and you're it. ready to practice. So Talk about that's the, letting you know that he is competing at every position. So I can only imagine, because I've sat in no meeting, but I can only imagine – how those meetings are going, and how he's highlighting different competition uh, position drills or uh, uh, skill positions to make sure that these guys are now all competing at the highest level. And that's the beauty of this. That's why we love this. Uh, Charlie, we'd love to sit here and talk with you all day, but we know we got to let you go here soon. Because so. you're a rock star at life, man. you big time. Man, man you're just a man of the people. <laughs> Everybody needs some Charlie Batch in their life, man. Everybody does. We appreciate this time. You do it's all, no, it's all, it's all good. And, it's, you know, it's just t- it tapped, it capped off on, you know, as we now approach football season, we just had one heck of a summer with Best of the Batch Foundation. Awesome. We go. actually had, you know, we service 3,800 kids annually throughout nine counties throughout southwestern Pennsylvania. Awesome. 
And to get to this point of having a summer day camp when the manner that we had over the last seven weeks, we ran it four days a week, 155 for kids. seven weeks. For seven Ooh. weeks. And we go, just man. celebrated Let's them go, Friday the 28th of July. That's awesome. That we got Let's a chance go. to be able to now celebrate them. They had a talent show, a fashion show, Let's celebrated our it. counselors. Like Love this it. is just something that – is our small token of appreciation. And now sending them off to the school year and setting them off right. So foot, we're just yeah. hoping to do our part. So if anybody wants to learn more about what we're doing at Best of the Batch Foundation, again, we're an educational foundation. We focus on our STEAM programs and after school time. You can go to batchfoundation.org and you see everything that we do throughout a calendar year. I love it. Charlie, one more before you go. Yesterday, one of our favorite kind of days on campus now is Hall of Honor yes. Day here. Yes. Uh, two of your former teammates, mm -hmm. James Harris and Aaron Smith, both getting uh, inducted into this year's class. Just an opportunity for you to speak on those two guys, what they meant to you, what they meant to those two Super Bowl champions. Oh, teams. absolutely. Both of those guys were very critical when you look back and say, the, uh, you know, what, what they contributed to those Super Bowl winning teams. James Harrison, you're like, oh, that's a no-brainer. This guy – because you see the end result. But when you see the journey that he <laughs> oh, had to take crazy. to get to that point, yeah. guys respected like, man, one hell of a career because he put that work in. And people didn't even realize, literally on that Super Bowl 40 team, he couldn't get on the field. Mm -hmm. He was running down on kickoff. He was His only way to contribute yep. was playing special teams, and that was something yep. that Coach Cower always made sure that you had to do when you got to this team. Aaron Smith, on the other hand, he was already here prior to me getting here. And you, all you hear about this dude from northern Colorado, who's this guy? He, reg, he raised havoc on everything that he did. A lot of this didn't show up in his stats. Yes, he made a Pro Bowl in 2004. But every linebacker who played with him mm -hmm. took him to the Pro Bowl because they said, without you, there would, would be, be no there. me. <laughs> Talk about he it. He commanded the Talk double team, it. went about his business, didn't complain about it because he understood his assignment. And when you have those roles, and think about this, there's only been two players that I can think of that the coach in the organization has waited for to play in the Super Bowl. 95 team was Rob Woodson when he tore his ACL in the very first week. They rode it out. He played in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. The next guy was Aaron Smith in mm -hmm. Super Bowl 45. Mm -hmm. He got hurt. Mike Tomlin kept him on the roster all the way through in hopes that he can play in that Super Bowl game. And that's to let you know how much respect that he has, how, much, how talented he was, that people were willing to wait because they realized how good he was. Man, I've had the honor of playing with both of those guys, man, and I shared it with Aaron yesterday when he was up here. Again, James, if you're listening, congratulations on everything that you've done throughout the course of your career. And Aaron Smith, you're right up there, brother. That is, these are two guys that I know firsthand that truly deserve to be in the Hall of Honor and watch how many guys come back for Aaron Smith. Mm. Oh, yeah. James Harrison mm -hmm. is a no-brainer. But watch how many guys that will come back and celebrate Aaron because of the value that he brought not only to this team, but the, what he'd done off the field and everything that he's done for players that played alongside him. So, again, congratulations to both of those guys. And the other two as well. Absolutely. And those Aaron Smith-type guys, big-time catalysts on any Super Bowl-winning team. Facts, you, facts. you need the future Hall of Famers and the All-Pros, but you absolutely need the Aaron Smiths. Charlie, great stuff. Thank you so much. All see the continued best, best in everything that you're doing. And, I, I mean, we'll, we'll be see. I mean, we got a preseason game here in, like, two weeks. We'll, absolutely. We'll, we'll be talking to you soon. Okay. Charlie Batch, make sure you're checking out all of his uh, work as well, too. Thanks to Brandon for setting that one up for us. Practice getting underway here. We're going to take our final break of the 1 o'clock hour. When we come back, we'll paint the picture for you live from campus. It's training camp 2023 on SNR.